around Worldwide Wrestling of the World. This week, we get to recap fucking Wrestler Mania. Hell yeah. Wrestler Mania. I think you broke your mic on that one. That's how amped we are. So goddamn amped. All right, Dr. Worm, get into it. What's the headlines from fucking Wrestler Mania? Fucking Wrestler Mania. First up, we got to see Behave defending the hide and seek belt against the mystery man who turned out to be, spoilers, Puffy Buttons. After that, the Time Killers were defending the tag team championship against the newcomers, Trace Hombres. Next, we got to see yet another title match when Time Tanker was defending the worldwide title against management's favorite, Victor Young. And finally, the headline of the night, the main event, Czar of the Spar, f***ing wrestlers gone wild. The first match of this hyped-up pay-per-view was as weird as we thought it would be. Current hide-and-seek champ Behave was forced into a match to defend the belt against the infamous big boy, Puffy Buttons. While we have seen Puffy Buttons sneaking around and hiding somewhat effectively lately, it's still a difficult concept to grasp. The dude is large. Buttons popping off his clothes large. Which really makes you wonder why he has so many damn buttons on his clothes to begin with. The match itself wasn't altogether interesting, unfortunately. Behave is a fun wrestler to watch, but his pure aggression style of wrestling doesn't really blend well when taking on a bigger opponent, one seemingly impervious to pain. It almost looked as if Puffy Buttons was absorbing Behave's hits, which was a little gross to watch. Things literally heated up about 10 minutes into the match when the heating in the arena inexplicably blasted on and just would not turn off. It got to the point where Behave actually passed out and Puffy Buttons collapsed on top of him, securing the victory and the championship. The next matchup was actually delayed a bit to give maintenance staff a chance to fix the issue, which was eventually resolved when an outer wall of the stadium collapsed, issuing a nice breeze. The second match in the card wasn't that much more exciting than the first. Despite the tag team championship being on the line, unimaginable reigning champs, time killers, defended the title against Trace Hombres, who have been on a recent tear. Bursting onto the WWW scene earlier this year, they overcame a shaky start to become the number one contenders. As with most matches involving the time killers, it was slow paced. Levon Linger and Terry Terry really draw out everything they do, which just is not enjoyable to watch. On top of that, Rick Bigley and his even bigger brother Rick Bigley Jr. aren't exactly fast-paced wrestlers themselves. Things seem to take a turn when the Time Killer's legal man, Levon Linger, seemed to pass out on the outside of the ring. For a brief moment, the refs and everyone watching was concerned we had another heating issue on hand, but it was just a classic case of a Time Killer falling asleep. The Trace Hombres had done their homework though, and were wise to the Time Killer's MO of losing by countout. Rick Bigley quickly slid Levon Linger into the ring, whereas even bigger brother Rick Bigley Jr. got the pin. The real loser of this match was the audience though, as technical difficulties seemed to plague the match from the time the bell rang. The speakers were continually cutting in and out during the 
entrances. And at one point, we're pretty sure they picked up some strange frequency that consisted of beeps and strange high-pitched wailing sounds. If that wasn't weird enough, during the Time Killer's entrance video, the top left corner of the giant Tron started falling off of its support. Luckily, crew was on hand to fix it, but by the end of the match, the top right corner had started to peel away. The maintenance crew was kept busy constantly repairing it. The third event of the night was an incredible matchup between Time Tanker and Victor Young for the worldwide title. Victor Young held that very title for six months until it was stripped by Time Tanker in his WWW debut. This was the beginning of a losing streak for Victor Young, which didn't please worldwide wrestling of the world management. Young was given an undeserved spot at Summit Slam and has been booked some pretty easy matches to get his record back up. Time Tanker, on the other hand, has only had two matches, both of which he came out on top. The fans seem to be interested, and we at the podcast think he has real potential. As usual, Time Tanker suddenly appeared for the match. This time, as the lights came on, he was right outside of the ring, his best effort yet. As always, he carried his broken-down robot on his shoulder, and this time was wielding what looked like an ancient sculpture of a woman with a cobra head. He's definitely strange, but he is entertaining. This was a great match mostly because of Time Tanker. Victor Young was fighting with his emotions on his sleeve, but no one seems to care about the chip on his shoulder. The days of the golden boy Victor Young seem to be over, especially as he aligns himself more with management. Just like Time Tanker's previous matches, he seems to always be one step ahead of his opponent. Victor Young would go for a big lariat, but Time Tanker was always smoothly ducking under. Young would make a move from the top of the turnbuckle, but Time Tanker would roll away. The main oddity of this match was Time Tanker doing everything he could to avoid contact with one specific side of the ring. Young would Irish whip him towards the ropes on that side, but Time Tanker would do everything in his power not to come in contact with the ropes, at one point performing a suicide dive through the ropes even though Victor Young was still in the ring. He eventually got himself back in the ring, and when Victor Young ran against the same ropes to build up some momentum, the top rope snapped, whipping against Young, whose momentum took him outside the ring. Time Tanker tossed him back in, did his robot power up, and got the pinfall. He then cut a promo, however the promo was kind of messed up with the microphone cutting in and out every now and again, but he did explain his statue of Wajet he apparently brought with him from ancient Egypt and how she represents health and protection. He urged Victor Young to get a blood test done before throwing the mic at him and leaving the ring. It was a strange promo to end a really strange match. And finally, we have the grand finale. The star of the spar was the main event for WrestleMania, and we at the podcast were incredibly excited for it. The eight top-ranked wrestlers duking it out in a mega ring, with the winner taking home the top title. Being done elimination style, where every wrestler must either be pinned or submit and the last one standing wins, made us a little nervous. That can be quite a gauntlet for wrestlers and could result in a long match. As was almost expected, the intros were ruined by technical difficulties. The Giantron stopped working completely after the first entrance, Max Tang, and by the time the final contender, Kemp Kemp, arrived, it had partially collapsed. No one had intro music played the entire time. Instead, the audience was subjected to more beeps and wails from the PA system. The newly constructed mega rings seemed to be okay as everyone took their place, and at least all the ropes were connected for this one. The match started off hot, with action happening all over the mega ring. With more than enough space to spread out, it seemed like most wrestlers immediately paired off and started going at it. Max Tang was instantly attacked by Kemp Kemp, who was trying to get revenge from his loss this season. Jean Jacket and Joey Pepperoni started going at it on one side of the ring, and before you know it, Rado was also in the mix. 
Duke Wellington took aim at the star freshman Dandy Brand, and no one seemed to notice Grim Amazeballs hanging out in a corner by himself, relaxing and looking at his phone. This may have been the best strategy, though, to wait things out a bit and conserve your energy for the last few remaining wrestlers. But Jean Jacket eventually noticed his rival and put an end to that. Back on the other side of the mega ring, Max Tang was having a tough time dealing with Kemp Kemp, especially since Rado also got involved. Rado was beginning his signature mountain climber, when all of a sudden, there was an unearthly rumble throughout the stadium. Sitting in the audience, we assumed it was once again Lanch coming in to ruin the main event. I don't think we've ever been more wrong but also a, a little bit right. The rumble was actually an entire outer wall of the stadium collapsing, resulting in a section of the roof caving in completely. I don't know if it was the vibration from that or just poor construction, but at that exact moment, the mega ring also collapsed, sending all eight wrestlers and the four refs to the ground the hard way. It's fair to say at this point, shit went wild. The wrestlers, now inside a collapsed ring, didn't stop wrestling. The audience was scared for their lives and couldn't care less about the match anymore. The new focus was staying alive in the middle of a f***ing collapsing arena. I distinctly remember hearing through all the chaos, Joey Pepperoni yelling, do you like the sausage? As he beat Danny Brand with his meat stick. It was around this time, in the midst of a mass panic from the audience that was sounded like air raid sirens started going off, and what was left of the arena was stormed by uniformed soldiers. Whoever was in charge of this took a bullhorn and started issuing orders, and somehow managed to evacuate the audience and extricate the wrestlers from one another. What struck me odd about evacuation was that as soon as we stepped foot outside of the arena, everyone was forced to follow the exact same path between a long row of heavily armed soldiers for about a quarter of a mile. It eventually ended in a far corner of a parking lot where we were told we would have to wait for a shuttle to pick us up and remove us from the area. A lot went down this week at WrestlerMania and things definitely got weird. Worldwide Wrestling of the World Management posted the evacuation was led by the National Guard as they happened to be close by and was due to safety concerns over the arena. We here at the podcast are far from experts in our country's military, but these troops seemed a bit heavily armed and severe to be National Guard. There were also several sightings of men wearing all-black suits, just to add to the conspiracy talks. Given the location of this arena in rural New Mexico, our best guess is that there is some secret military installation nearby? and the WWW presence was unwelcomed. We also learned the source of our new stadium complications. It turns out that the so-called reformed poster boy, Lanch, was anything but reformed. His long hours spent helping construct the stadium was little more than complete sabotage. Lanch cut a promo telling the world that he would bring down anybody and everybody within the WWW, and that he alone belongs on top. Today's episode is sponsored by Auto Man's Empire. When your car's down, be like Mehmed. Conquer your enemies. Conquer the road. What's up, wrestling fans? My name is Mike Moore, and you're tuned in to the worldwide wrestling of the world. Any you wrestlers out there looking for some trouble? Well, guess what? Got more? Scabbard. Yeah. That was 
terrifying. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever been a part of. You, you have peaks and valleys. You go from being so excited to have a ticket to be at the very, very first Wrestler Mania. And, you know, the, the first few technical difficulties, you're, you expect that. It's a big event. They just built that stadium. So even during the, the mishap with the heat, you know, I was like, all right, this is uncomfortable, but but it's fine. You know, we'll, they'll figure it out. It's not a problem. Yeah, that was a bit much. That was, it was real hot. This is this is New Mexico we're talking. But I'm saying, like, in comparison to what actually happened. That's true, yeah. I would take that any day. Um I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, it was, uh, we're learning now, you know, after it's been about 24 hours since Wrestler Mania, Paul Pansia is saying that WWW is going to be on a hiatus for the next couple of months. They have to get their ducks in a row. I mean, do you think this is something that's coming from WWW management or coming from the government? I mean, I, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would hope that WWW would take some time to let the wrestlers recover no. from such a... I mean, you would hope. This is the company that canceled Christmas break. Okay. They don't always treat their talent as they should. We know that. Being being a part of that line, being let out of the stadium by those soldiers, those weren't normal. That's not your normal military. No. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They seemed a bit severe for National Guard. Right. Thinking back on it, the noises that we heard over the PA system, those like beeps and, and that kind of thing, that I hadn't ever heard anything like that it was unearthly almost this whole this whole thing was very odd um i'm personally glad we're doing a hiatus i could use a few months of recuperating and healing i just don't feel well yeah neither do i when i got home that night you know i threw up a couple of times um i didn't know if it was stress i didn't know if it was you know being in this like traumatic experience i i was coughing blood were you really oh wow i need i I don't know i need to see a doctor shit i am a doctor Right. Why don't you just go see yourself? No, I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I think that we, I think that we could just, we can end it there, you know, and and we'll see everybody in a in a few months. We'll be back. I think we'll be back. I think. I hope we'll be back. Yeah. Is that the catchphrase? No, that's someone else's catchphrase. Oh. Okay. Is that the catchphrase? Yes. No. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know what a catchphrase is. Okay. All right. Well, that's the catchphrase then. Okay. All right. We'll. We'll see you later. Wrestling prevails. Mm-hmm.